But Lord, we just worship you. And thank you that you reign over our lives. You're in charge of our lives. And we thank you for that, Lord. We don't want anybody else in charge but you. Because you're gracious and merciful. Loving. And Lord, we just thank you for it. We praise you for it. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is Mother's Day. I know my mother's watching. Mom, love you. But, I, you know, it's all strange because, you know, in all this social distancing, you know, they're telling us, you know, not to touch anybody unless they're your family. <laughs> and that's kind of a hard thing to do when you come to church because you want to just hug everybody's neck. So anyway, so what I want to do this morning is if you're a mom in here. Oh, and this is the other crazy thing. So instead of sending, you know, I always have flowers for the mom every year. So we actually sent you virtual flowers. Because then everything going on, you can't get flowers. And so whatever, it's just been ridiculous. But you got some, praise God. But I want to pray over you moms this morning. I want to bless you moms for Mother's Day. So if you're a mom and you're there with your family, family, put your hand on your mom. And we're going to pray. We're going to bless moms this morning. If you're there watching and you're a mother, man, we want to bless you this morning. Moms are the greatest thing in the world. Without mothers, you know, without my mother, where would I be? Oh, Lord. So, Father, right now I ask you to bless them. Let this day be a special day. Lord, right now, wherever they are, that you would just begin to put your hand upon them, Lord, and bless them exceedingly and abundantly beyond they could ever even thank or ask. Lord, let this day be so special that they feel so loved and honored and cherished. Lord, whatever needs they have. I ask you just to meet those needs right now in Jesus' name. Lord, mothers that are brokenhearted right now, I just pray over them. Because you are the fixer of all things. You are the mender of all things broken. And I pray, oh Heavenly Father, that those broken hearts would be mended. And that, Lord, that they would be blessed. That you would do a miracle for them today. So, Lord, we honor them. We thank you for them. Thank you for blessing them today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, moms. Yeah, give the moms a hand clap. Praise God. Amen. Well, look at somebody when you're sitting down and say, man, I'm glad you made it. Look at somebody and say, you're a little bit far away, but bless God, you're, you're there. Yeah, it's kind of funny this morning. I just went back there and counted. We've got like 60 people here in church, and I'm so excited. I feel like we're like, I have like, like it's just busting at the seams like we need to order more chairs 
just to see y'all's faces where if y'all, if this is all that was in church prior to all of this breaking out, I would have been discouraged going home telling my wife, what happened, man? There's only 60 people in church. What have we done wrong? But now it's like gangbusters. It's like, man, revival has broken out. 60 faces. Praise God. So anyway, praise God. So if you're out there wondering if you could have got a chair in church, yes, there's still places in church. We'll still seat everybody in here. I think as things are easing up, uh, we're going to be a little bit more apt to get some more people in here. But, uh, you know, we should be able to seat 100 people in here uh, easily and still stay within the requirements. That's all we're trying to do is stay within the requirements of what the governors ask us to do. And so uh, praise God for that. So we're, we're generous with the hand sanitizer around here. And um, we don't have any official police policing us like uh, church police saying, you know, y'all aren't two chairs apart over there, but we won't worry about that. And so praise God, you know, we're all family. So I'm just glad you're here. Um, I want to make a few announcements. Uh, the, the plan this week is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that you're the temple of the living God, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So, you know, I pray that y'all are taking this time to uh, read your Bibles and spend some time with your family reading your Bible. Don't just binge on TV, you know. Um, spend some time with your family. This is time to increase ourselves. I have a brother-in-law who's a, a retired Marine, and, you know, I, I stole this saying from him from the Marine Corps, you know, improvise, adapt, and overcome. That's the Marine slogan, and so um, that's kind of what we have to do. We have to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Amen? And so take this time and take the plan, follow it, read it, let the Spirit of God minister to you in it. Let God enlarge your borders. Amen? Don't enlarge your borders just with ice cream. So praise God. So anybody wondering, you know, at this time, with everything that the governor said to us, we're still, church is going to function on, on Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, we're still going to be live streaming. We're going to continue to live stream and uh, do that. I know some of y'all are still meeting at homes with people coming over, and you're the Acts 246 church, and praise God, that's great. Keep doing it. Keep encouraging people. Um, you know, I'm praying that this thing is going to ease up. And we're going to begin to see some normalcy come back to this. And then I hope we just pack this place out. But anyway, we're still going to be live streaming from now on. Uh, we've got this down. And so we're, we're, by the time I learn how to do it, we're not quitting. You know? <laughs> Force me into this thing. Bless God, we're going to keep doing it. So anyway. So keep sending your comments, those you're watching out there on video. We love to see them. I love to read them when it's over. Send me a text. Let me know you're still out there. Don't just fade off into the, you know, the wild blue yonder. Um, giving, you know, I think y'all y'all have learned how to give online. Praise the Lord for that. that that's been interesting and, and growing and, and, and being blessed. And so uh, a lot of ways to give. Give online. You can give, um, in, you know, just send it in the mail. Come by here. Whatever. Praise God. We're not stopping. I just want you to know I've been in touch with Guatemala, Kenya. We're, just, we're still doing, we're doing construction in Guatemala. We have a set of construction workers that are there on site that only go to the site. They don't get involved with the kids. We're still building. We're still going on. Uh, no matter what's taking place, we've got the land gone, purchased in Kenya. I'm already talking to them about uh, getting structures built over there and what they're doing. And they're about two weeks behind in all this virus 
situation there in Kenya, and so things are kind of slow, but we're, I'm chomping at the bit, man. I'm just ready to just tear into it. So we're still going forward. We're still, still rescuing orphans and, and blessing people. Amen? That's what God called us to do. Now, confessions. Lord, did we get those confessions on the back of the, there's some in the, on the table? Okay, so we mailed you all the May confessions, but there's also some, if you're here, they're on the back of the tables back here, our confessions. The confession this month goes like this. God knows me, he knows my good, and he knows my bad. Can I have an amen? Because if you say, oh, I've only got good, you're a liar. And then we need to pray for you because you've got the spirit of lying on you, okay? But God knows me, he knows my good, and he knows my bad. He knows all my ways, yet he still loves me. Amen? Therefore, I will not listen to the voice of the enemy, for he has no place in me. I declare that I'm loved. I declare that I'm blessed. I declare victory is my way of life. Amen? So that's the confession for this month. You need to get it going every day. Listen to me. Confessions work. You get it, you speak it. The good hand of God is upon me and I'm blessed. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. You're starting your whole day off a whole lot better than if you woke up in the morning and said, oh my Lord, it's Monday. How are we going to do anything? Nothing going to go right. Never does go right. I mean, you're already setting yourself up for a fall, right? The enemy doesn't even have to wake up and try to torment you. You're already tormenting yourself, all right? So get your confessions. It's an important, important thing that goes on in your life. So let me give you a scripture this morning for our offering. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Now, we all know this principle in life, all right? Just listen. If you sow wheat, you expect to get wheat. You don't just buy seed and then put it in the ground and then wonder what you're going to get. You, you, you sow wheat, you're going to expect to get wheat. You sow corn, you're going to expect corn to grow. You don't sow corn and then you go out there in the fields full of maize and you're like, ha, I'll be, I guess. Yes, we got maize this year, you know? No, you plant seed specific to what you want. Amen? The same as you do physically, you also do spiritually. Okay? You want to have a bad day? Be ugly to everybody you see. Just walk in a store and say, what are you looking at? And just see how it goes for you. Right? You so ugly, you're going to get ugly. I love it. You know, I... I, 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 can, I can do both pretty easy. I can just flip the switch. I don't have very much middle ground. You know, I can be extremely nice or I can just be extremely ugly. And I, I, I've noticed at times that I walk in, I'll feel ugly. I feel like I want to be ugly. And I walk into a store or something like that and I say, you better be quiet. I mean, that person will chop your head. You're not going to get nothing from if you act ugly. And I walk in there and say, you know, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? Praise God, I got a little problem. I wonder if you could help me. Oh, man, I'm going to get a whole lot more and say, why does it matter? Well, you stupid bunch of idiots, you can't get anything done right. Hello? So whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Well, the same works in the principle of finances. If you sow, the Bible says sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Now, this is the thing, is in the kingdom of God, it's not about the number. Because Jesus said the widow that gave just a little bit gave more than the rich guy who gave out of his abundance, right? It's the heart. God always looks at your heart, what you're sowing and what you're doing based upon your heart. So listen to me, sow good seed. I've always told you this, I'm like your stockbroker. I'm going to get you the best return on your money in the field. I guarantee you, you get to heaven, you're going to be so shocked at what you've already amassed because you cannot take it with you, but you certainly can send it ahead. 
And you're going to step into the gates of heaven and people are going, kids are going to run to you and just be so glad to see you and things that have happened. And Jesus is going to high five you and you're going to say, what in the world? Did well, you gave it the offering there at Living Waters Church and they rescued a bunch of orphans and did this and did that. That's the way the kingdom works. So whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Amen. But it's interesting in that same verse on down a few verses there, but in the same chapter, he says, and let us not grow weary in doing good. So that means there's something that is going to want to weary you in doing good. Because isn't it easier to be ugly? Y'all don't want to admit it. I see only a couple of honest. There's Jimmy. Jimmy's an honest person. He's like, mm-hmm. All the rest of you are just like, don't move. He's looking at me. No, it's true. It, your dynamic nature on the inside of you, I don't care how sanctified you are, it is always easier to be ugly. It's always easier to sharp tongue a word back. All right? So then what he's saying to you is, watch it. There's something that's wanting to weary you so you don't do good. Amen? So if you feel weary from doing good, you need to stop and encourage yourself and say, you know what? I, I, I've been giving. I've been blessing. Children are being rescued. Lives are being changed. I'm, you're doing good. Self, you're doing good. You're giving. You're blessing. You're doing good. Encourage yourself so you're not weary. Amen? So he says, you shall reap if you don't lose heart. Amen? So I don't know about y'all, but I want to reap a good harvest. Amen? So put your hand on your offerings. Those of you out there watching, giving, put your hand on whatever you got there. Father, I just declare right now that we are a blessed church. We are blessed in everything that we do. Lord, I declare that as we give, we give to the, to the world to rescue orphans, to see people saved and touched and blessed, the broadcast going around the world. And so, Lord, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, that, Lord, you bless everybody's business in a time like now where it seems like, oh, maybe we ought to not sow. Lord, I thank you that you give people opportunities to give and to sow that causes a result to happen so that we can see victory and jobs and everything that's going on, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We still got a dog problem? Solve the problem. Okay. Praise God. All right. Well, get your Bibles out. We can do better than that. Get your Bibles out. Yeah. Hey, I got anybody in the parking lot honking? No, I guess everybody came to the AC. And I want you to go to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. Now, I laugh at myself because I always tell myself that I don't ever preach, I've never preached the same message twice. And this is true. But this message of the story of Jonah, I just went back in my notes a year and a half ago, I preached this. But I guarantee I'm going to preach it different today than I did then. But, um, you know, once in a while, what happens with me is something happens. The Lord speaks to me in a story in the Bible, Old Testament story. He speaks to me something that touches my heart that I never forget about. You know, I just don't ever... It's just like it's always there. I never, ever forget the story. When I get to the book, my, my spirit lights up again because God showed me something in that that really changed my life. And so the story of Jonah and the whale is one of them. And so 
I happen to my, you know, it's been a year and a half in my reading, and I come back around, and boom, I'm at, and at Jonah, so that's why you get to hear the message this morning, because I, I see something different in it every time I look at it. So it was really kind of weird this week. You know, as a kid, I grew up in church. My parents took me to church every Sunday, and if I spent the night with my grandparents, well, they took me to the Baptist church. If I went to church with my mother and, you know, and my dad, then we went to the, the Methodist church, and so I got both church worlds all the time. And so I guess embedded in my brain is old church hymns. You know, they're just stuck in me there somewhere. I don't know. And so I don't know. It was about three days ago. I was was just, I started this song, the old song, Trust and Obey, just came up in me. You know, I started singing Trust and Obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And I was just like, thinking that you know and then i get you know kind of nervous and i'm like okay what's about to happen you know why am i singing this song you know (laughs) and then i'm like oh cautious like oh gosh you know move slow something's something's going on something's gonna happen and so my wife has a book that has like all the old hymns and the story behind why they were written and i don't know what it's called but anyway and so I went in there and I looked up the song, Trust and Obey, see if there was something, you know, behind it. And, and it was basically in a, uh, the, the, the praise and worship leader of D.L. Moody that there was a meeting going on and some young man got really touched by the Lord and he jumps up in the middle of the meeting, in the middle of D.L. Moody's preaching and, and hollers out, I'm going to trust and obey. And that song there's like, oh, that's sketchy, and just wrote it down and then later developed the song to be what it is we know today. But that song just kept going on me, trust and obey, trust and obey, trust and obey, trust and obey. And so then I, I, I'm reading the book of Jonah and the story, and I'm looking at it, and the Lord starts putting all this together. So I just want to lay it out for you this morning. I don't know. I believe that this message has got to be for somebody specific. Uh, I, you know, some of y'all may say, oh, I've heard that message before. Don't do that. Okay? Don't do that because it's really, really important you get this this morning. Amen? So uh, i got to put my glasses on to read my Bible. So anyway, here we go. We're going to the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittaiah, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, something I don't think I've ever brought out before, but Nineveh, you know, we, we know about the city of Nineveh, but Nineveh is actually right, is, is half of the city of Mosul, which you hear about Mosul all the time in the Iraqi war, is where Nineveh is, the actual city. And I know that there was a lot of artifacts and things destroyed by the Taliban and things like that. But that's where the city was. It was one of the Assyrian, in those days, the Assyrian uh, capital cities. Great city. It's built right on the Tigris River, a very important city for that whole uh, section of the Middle East. So he tells him to go to Nineveh. I tell you what, I'm just going to read it, and then I want to come back. But Jonah rose, and he fled from Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare, and he went down to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God. And they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship and had lain down and fell asleep. So the captain came and he said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. 
Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for who has caused this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell to Jonah. And they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation or where are you come from? What is your country and what are, the, are your people and of what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. In my Bible right there, I have written, yeah, right. You know, says he fears God, but <laughs> he's running from his presence. I was like, wrote, yeah, right. <clears throat> then the men were exceedingly afraid. And he said to them, why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, well, pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then the sea will be calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord. He said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. And they picked up Jonah, they threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, now I've told you this before. I'll act like I've never preached this before, so I'm just going to go with it, okay? But the bottom line is, I believe this story. I believe it's absolutely 100% true. I do not believe it's just a story somebody made up as an as a allegory or something like this. I believe it really happened just like this. And I've done some research and looked into this thing, and there's only one fish in the sea that's actually big enough to swallow a man, which would be a sperm whale, okay? Now, I know that a whale is a mammal, not a fish, but, you know, a whale, we're not going to worry about that right now because I'm preaching, okay? So we got this situation where I believe this happened. I believe it happened just like this. I believe that, the, that, that this whole miracle took place. I believe they picked Jonah up. I believe they threw him into the, under the sea. I believe that when he hit the water, everything went calm, and it freaked everybody out, right? And then all of a sudden... <laughs> Big sperm whale swallowed him up, and he was gone. And the men rode on saying, waiting to get to harbor, saying, you're not going to believe what we saw. <laughs> okay? But let me back up over and go over a few points here. All right. So Jonah knew the presence of God. Are you with me? Jonah knew the presence of God. He knew that there was a living God. He said, I fear God. I, I serve, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the, the, the Lord God. That's who I fear, him. So he knew the presence of God. Now listen to me. There's a lot of Christians out there in the world. They say they know the presence of God. There's a lot of people out there that have gotten saved by church standards. But I'm just telling you, in this day and this time of things that are going on in the world today, I'm believing that people are going to wake up and realize that maybe they're not serving the real living God. They're just going through the motions. They're just going through, you know, play church. They're just Christians by, by association, not in their hearts. And that people are going to wake up over the face of this earth and realize there is a God. 
And you cannot flee from his presence because no matter how much you try to flee from his presence, you're always going to be running into the wind. When you get off the plan of God for your life, and you just start, you know, you know you're saved, and you just start walking off doing your own thing. When you start doing that, what's going to happen is you're going to start getting the wind in your face. And it's going to get difficult. Not because God's mean, not because God's ugly, not because God says, oh, get him. No, he's trying to get you back on the path. Now, Jonah here, I mean, it's pretty amazing to me that Jonah, in the middle of the, of the sea, pitching and bucking and going on, that he goes down and goes to sleep. But there's a lot of Christians today in the world who feel secure that God's not going to do anything bad because they know God enough to know that, but they're not serving him. Hear what I'm saying? There's a revival coming. There's a revival coming upon this land, and I'm telling you, what's going to happen is people are going to wake up and realize that they've just been walking with God and serving God only in you know, the weakest sense that God's got a whole kingdom out there of people he wants to see saved and touched and blessed. We got people out there in the world today, you know, and I've been preaching about the curse. We got the curse flaming up in the world and people are just doing every crazy, most ridiculous things in the world. And besides that, they're, they're starting to irritate me. All right, I'll just be honest with you. They're starting to irritate me. They're starting to really push at me. They're starting to really get me. You know, I don't want somebody telling me what I can and can't do. That's why I live in Texas, and that's why I live where we do. All right? Now, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I want to keep the law, but, I mean, we're just talking about some just crazy stuff, things that don't make any sense. All right? And we see people rising up, and we see people taking authority that's not theirs. And they like doing that more than they love giving authority to their heavenly father. So Jonah's like one of those. He just goes down and he goes to sleep. He said, oh, you know, God's not going to do anything to me. I mean, you know, I'm running from him, but, you know, I'm, I'm in grace. I'm okay. I'm saved. I'm going to go to heaven if I die. But God's not going to do anything. He's down there asleep. So they say, hey, wake up, old sleeper. All right? Now let me back up for just a second. It says that he bought it. When he got on the ship, he paid a price. He paid the price. He bought a fare. He paid the price, okay? But I'm telling you, in this day and time, listen to me, church, you cannot afford to pay the price of a mistake. Remember, I've told you this forever. Man, the devil will take you farther than you want to go. He's going to keep you longer than you want to stay, and he's going to cost you more than you want to pay. Today is not a day to make mistakes. Today is a day to be in touch with the presence of God in touch with the voice of God, hearing the voice of God and what he's saying and telling you to do, and then do it. I mean, just even before us to get on to do live stream, I'm always, I always love the Lord saves us. You know, he's, he loves us and he saves us. And right before we were going to do live stream, we needed a certain piece of equipment. And, and Jake, he calls me and says, you know, hey, because we didn't know this was going to go to this. We didn't know this was going to happen. And he said, you know, we've been talking about this live stream. You know, do you think we're going to do this? And I said, look, just do it. Do it today. And then so he instantly went to it. And then all of a sudden, they started to move and they're all getting sold. And he got one. And he said, if he wouldn't have got it at that moment, we wouldn't have gotten one for weeks. See, it pays to hear God. No, I didn't hear a big booming voice of God and say, buy this. You know, No, I just God took care of us, right? You've got to be following God. Today's not the day to be pay, playing around the devil. Today's not the day. Listen, today's not the day to be playing around with anger. 
jealousy, strife, bitterness, any of this stuff. Get it out of your heart because you need to be hearing God. All right? It's like going into battle. If I'm going to go into battle, okay, I want to be as light as I can be and in the best shape I can be. Right? I don't want to go into battle my foot hurts. Hello? I want to go into battle strong and ready, aware, knowing what's going on. I don't want to be going into battle, you know, with my, and, and got the radio up to mirror listening to music while I'm going in because somebody might shoot you. You need to be aware. You need to be on top of things. Amen? So we don't want to be messing around with that. We don't want to pay the price. All right? Now, he goes on here, and finally, Job does, I mean, Job, Jonah does something right. And what he does right is he takes responsibility for the mess he's gotten himself into. Oh, my goodness. Is this ridiculous what's going on in the world today that nobody wants to take responsibility for what actions, their actions, and what they've taken place? And I'm looking around saying, uh, excuse me, I think you caused this. I think you did this. I think your craziness did this, but nobody wants to take responsibility for it. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always circumstances and situations. But Job finally stands up and says, okay, it's me, Job. Why do I keep saying Job? Jonah. Jonah keeps saying, he says, it's me, it's me. I'm the one that's causing this storm. Take me, throw me into the ocean. Right? It's amazing when you take responsibility for the mess you've gotten yourself into, how God immediately steps in and already has a plan, a big fish to swallow you. It doesn't sound like a very good plan, right? You're like, I can think of some better ways. Can you we, can we deliver me some other way, God? I don't really want to be taken and swallowed up by a fish, you know? But God had a plan. Everybody say God had a plan. He's always got a plan for you. God loves you. Hear me now. God loves you. He loves you and he has a plan for you. And when you're doing something really stupid and about to get yourself in some serious trouble, I'm telling you, God has a plan of deliverance for you. But if you don't recognize it, what if Jonah would have just started swimming, trying to get away from the fish? I doubt he would have, but I mean, you know, that's what a lot of Christians do. The fish is trying to swallow you to take you to the place where God wants you to be so you can find victory, and you're just swimming, cutting, dodging, ducking, trying to get away, crawling up on top of his head, kind of slide over his back so you don't go in. Friend calls you up and says, how's he doing? And you say, man, I've been, been wrestling around trying to keep out of that fish's mouth all day. You know, maybe you need to surrender to the presence of God and just let it be swallowed up so you can get on to the next place Jonah went. All right. Here's my trust and obey. A lot of times, see, we do not, we want to trust God only if he's going to make it happen like we want it to. That song, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Trust and obey, there's not anything... I mean, you're trusting and obeying. You're not really getting to have much voice. And see, people don't like that. We want to have a voice. We want to have every, the way everything's going to do. Listen to me. I, I know that if I die, I'm going to heaven. All right? I know that. I'm not scared of death. But I am scared of discomfort. Aren't you? I like my air conditioning. I don't want to have to ride a horse to town. I mean, I can Right? But I don't want to take care of the stupid idiot. I don't want to have to grease the wheels on my wagon. 
I don't want to have to get in a wagon and ride down to the to the river and try to find some water. I like my well. I like my pump. I like water flowing in my house. I don't like to go to the bathroom outside. Right? I don't want to have to get up and have to put in a, a you know a, a privy. Right? Are y'all with me here? Come on, folks. Are y'all with me? Hey, I can go kill a deer and I can make some jerky and whatever, but I don't really want to when it's 100. Right? I mean, it's like, I, I like refrigeration. I can do it. Probably not going to be too nice to be around, but I can do it. Right? But I don't want to. I just don't want to be discomforted. I like the comforts we got. So, my point is here, is what we, in our trusting and obeying the Lord, a lot of times, we just want to trust him if he's going to do it the way we want him to. But if it isn't going the way we want it to, then we're like praying against God. A lot of Christians' relationship with God, the only reason why they want a relationship with God is because they want him to do it the way they want him to do it. They don't want to just surrender and that's where it gets scary because as humans we don't want to surrender to the will of God because we're not trusting that he's going to do the best for us that's the ignorant thing we're doing see you got to believe that God is a loving compassionate God that he has the best plan for you he has the best plan for you and his way is going to be the best way not the way you think it should be See, you're still praying to win the lotto, but God knows if you do, he's gonna ru- it's going to ruin you. Oh, it won't. I mean, I've prayed that prayer a lot. Try me, Lord. Somebody said, well, the devil will tempt you with that. Try me, devil. You with me? Okay, so Job finally surrenders to the, re- and, and, and gives up his, you know, takes, takes responsibility for it, but he's resting in the Father. He took responsibility, but now he's got to come to that place where he's going to trust in God. So they throw him over. He's in the wo- ocean, gets swallowed up. Okay, so he's in the belly of this well. Three days and three nights. Let me read a little here in chapter two. Now Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. Stop right there. Do you see, hear that? Right now, there's a lot of Christians praying, but they're not praying because they love the Lord and they're just worshiping him and ministering to the Lord. A lot of Christians are just praying right now because they're afflicted. And that's not the way our relationship is supposed to be with Jesus. He went to the cross and he died for you and I. He spilt his blood. He took a beating. He took everything it was to go to the cross to pay the price to be the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. To be the lamb that was slain for us. He did all of that for us. So that's pretty much a slap in the face if we only talk to God when we're in affliction. We need to have a relationship with God every day. We need to have a relationship with God where we're every day visiting with him. Now, I've told y'all this. I never pray longer than about an hour. I don't ever pray longer than about 10 minutes, but I don't let 10 minutes go by that I don't pray. Now, that's just me. In other words, I'm always talking to the Lord. I walk outside. I, I, I'm talking to the Lord. I'm talking to the Lord about how pretty it is this morning. I'm talking about the Lord about, you know, problems and situations I've got. I'm talking to the Lord about how stupid that, that sheep is. And, you know, I'm talking to the Lord about everything. 
I never quit. I never want to leave the presence of God. I don't want to have a prayer meeting and then leave and never think about God all day long. I'm just always talking to God. That's just always the way I'm at. Talking to Jesus, talking to the Holy Ghost, just saying, man, what's going on? I'm losing angels. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I mean, I'm, it's a constant all day long, all day long, all day long. Help me, Lord, help me get that screw in there. Lord, I can't see nothing anymore. Help me down here. You know, I'm, I, it's always God's involved in everything, right? That's the way you have to live your life. Not just praying because you're an afflicted. You don't want a relationship with him just when you're in trouble. You want a relationship all the time. You don't want to have to go to, to the Lord and say, uh, yes, Father, uh, do you remember me? I was here last week. No. You want to just say, hey, Dad. He say, hey, son, come on up here. How you doing? Right? Okay. So he says he was in affliction. And he answered me. And out of the belly of Sheol I cried. And you have heard my voice, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods around me, and the billows of the waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I looked again towards the holy temple, and the waters surrounded me, even to my soul, and the depths closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head, and I went down to the moorings of the, of the mountains, and to the earth, and its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought me up. My life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you and into your holy temple. Now, isn't it interesting that, like myself, the testimony of so many people is when they got to the end of their selves, they got to the end of their ropes, they prayed to God and he delivered them. I'm glad God does that. But why do we do that? Why, even as we as Christians, do everything that we possibly can in our own strength and our own ability before we turn to the Lord? We got to get out of that. We got to get to where God is. We've got him involved before we ever do anything. Okay? So he turns and he says, my soul fainted within me. And then I remember the Lord and prayed to him. The greatest thing you can be in life and do in life is to be a quick repenter. All right, a quick repenter. Because God loves you. And you got to remember how much God loves you. You got to be willing to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry, man. Oh, what did I do? I acted like an idiot. Forgive me. How could I have messed up on that? How could I have let, you know, because, you know, sometimes we're just like that. Sometimes, you know, like, like when you got a dog and you holler a squirrel. You know, there's no squirrel, but you say, squirrel. And the dog's like, oh. and sometimes we're like that. The devil's just got our number, and he just hollers squirrel, and we jump before we even think about it because we get so trained to chasing that squirrel. Hello? And what we've got to be doing at this time is we've got to be remembering the love of God and how much he loves us and just be quick to repent and get back in his presence. Quit, quit going with this long ordeal of stretching things out until... Till we're, you know, at our wits' ends and about to be fried before we ever turn to the Lord. Man, just be quick to repent. He loves you. He loves you. Now, it says here in verse 10, Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and he vomited Jonah onto the dry ground. Now, that sounds terrible. That it said he had seaweed wrapped around his head, and then he gets thrown up in a big pile of sperm well throw up. Right? Been in the belly for three days. Comes out all white. Digested. But in my study of wells, 
and in studying the sperm whale, sperm whale's favorite diet is a little thing called a cuttlefish. And a cuttlefish, it sounds nice. It sounds like it's really sweet, a little cuttlefish. But a cuttlefish has a really sharp hook, like a cat claw kind of spine in it. And what happens to sperm whales is they eat these cuttlefish and those hooks start attaching and trying to get into their lining of their stomach. And so they produce this vile bile stuff that comes into their stomach and works around into their stomach and gets this. And then it turns into, it gets this, this it starts to solidify. It gets all the little cuttlefish hooks and all together, and it gets it all in there in a little deal. And then they get this in their gut and a sperm well. This is the truth. I'm not making this up. Some of y'all are smiling at me like you just don't believe I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You can go look this up. And the sperm whale gets this thing developing on the inside of him, and then he has got to get rid of it, all right? And so what he does is a sperm whale, they find sharp banks, and they come up out of the water, and they put their gut over that deal, and it causes them to throw all of this water stuff up. Hits the ground, and when it hits the air, it immediately solidifies. So mariners for years and years and years knew this, knew this is what happened, and they found this stuff, and they got it, and they brought it back in these big balls of chunks of sperm whale throw-up. But what they found out was is the chemical makeup of what that is is what they call ambergris. And ambergris has been used for centuries and still is today for the highest end basis for perfumes. Because when this junk on the inside of the well hits the air and solidifies, it is the sweetest smelling stuff you've ever smelled. And that's what they use as a basis for perfume. Ambergris. Go look all this up. I'm just telling you the truth. Preaching good here. I'm preaching good. So some of y'all are thinking, how in the world would he know that? Basically, that's one of the good things the Internet's for. And as I started researching all of this, just looking up wells, I learned all this, okay? But you can go look it up. Just go look it up. It's the truth. Ambergris. So isn't it interesting that 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to, we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. To the other, the aroma of life leading to life. So in other words, Paul refers to you as the fragrance of Christ. So you see, Jonah, he got all this messed up, but he, didn't, he wasn't thinking about Romans 8.28. Of course, he couldn't have been because it was written afterwards. Anyway, he wasn't thinking about Romans 8.28 because Romans 8.28 says, God takes all things and works them together for the good of those who love him. So God had a plan for Jonah. He's in there, in there, thinking it's the worst thing in the world. He's in the belly of the sperm. When he gets spit out, he comes out with a, being the sweet fragrance of Christ. He finally goes on into the city of Nineveh. He begins to preach the gospel, and the town of Nineveh gets saved. Of course, if you read the rest of the story, he gets mad because they got saved. So he had some issues. He needed freedom prayer, okay? But anyway, back to my story. What we have to be today as Christians is the, is the sweet fragrance of Christ to all the people. Now listen to me. 
when you have been in the belly of the well and come out, you're either going to do one of two things. Either through that experience you came to know Jesus and you became a sweet fragrance or you just smell like throw up. I was going to say something else, but I figured I wouldn't. Are you all with me? A lot of people that are soured in life is because they went through a hard experience. Blamed it on God. Blamed it on this. Blamed it on that. Blamed it on circumstances. Blamed it on situations. Hello? But they never thought to take personal responsibility for their life and say, well, I am where I am. And so now it's time for me just to know God, get in his presence, be a sweet fragrance, and go on. Turned them sour. I've seen other people have just had horrible experiences in life. Terrible things have happened to them. Shocking things. Yet they're just going on in life, smile on their face, telling people how good God is. What's the difference? Choices. Your free will. You allowing the presence of God to come into your life and be a fragrance, to be a sweet fragrance in this world. Like I said, none of us want to be discomforted. None of us want to walk through hard times. But every hard situation you've ever walked through and you went through it with the Lord and you came out on the other end, you're a sweet fragrance to somebody else when you're telling them about how good God is. What this world needs to know right now is not just preachers that can razzle-dazzle and great orators. What they need right now is the world, the Christian world, that has been touched by God who is a sweet fragrance of Christ to minister to them and tell them the good things about Jesus. That's what the world needs. The world needs a friend. The world needs to know that God is not this bad God sitting up there in his rocking chair waiting to smoke and fry people. He's a God who loves people and wants to see people touched and blessed. And my prayer is through this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic and all the things that are going on and all the isolation and all the stress and everything that's taking place, that people are going to turn to Jesus. But I know they're not going to turn to Jesus just because I'm preaching out there. They're going to turn to Jesus because they see something in you. They see something in you. You become the sweet fragrance of Christ. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those that wait on the Lord, right? They shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings of eagles and they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Hello? I don't know about y'all, but that's where I want to be. The other night, my wife and I were sitting there. We've got this coffee table that sits out in front of our easy chairs. And I was sitting there, and she said, what are you thinking about? And I said, I was just thinking about if I could flat-footed jump on top of that coffee table. <laughs> she said, don't try it. You're going to rake your shin so bad, it's going to hurt. So then I said, well, do you think that you could stand over here on the arm of the couch? And jump to the coffee table. And she said, well, I get to keep my shoes on or off. So, you know, these are kind of crazy conversations we have. But I want the strength like an eagle. I want to run and not be weary. I want to walk and not faint. Hello? I want to be strong for Jesus, but I know that the, a lot of it is attitude. Folks, if you think tomorrow is going to be a bad day and you're already worrying about it now, it's going to be terrible. If you're looking at tomorrow and saying, I don't know what's coming my way, bless God, I'm going to beat it. I want to beat it down to the ground. God is with me, and I am not going to be stopped. Then the Spirit of God is going to raise you up, and you're going to mount up the wings of eagles. 
Isaiah, I mean, Isaiah, Psalms 46, 1 through 11, the whole thing, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Is he your very present help in a time of trouble? Listen to me. No, no, nobody can steal from you. Only you can let loose. Hear what I'm saying? Nobody can steal from you. God is your, your provider. God is your source. God is your everything. They're not going to steal from you. It's the devil that kills, steals, destroys. God adds. Is he your present help in your time of trouble? Therefore, you don't have to fear. Even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar in her trouble, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. Is there, have you tapped into the river of God flowing into your life? Have you tapped in to the presence of God coming into your life? Have you taken time and spent time to be in God's presence? Or are you still in the belly of the well, fighting it out, griping and complaining? It's all our choice. It's all our choice. I don't like what's going on in the world today, but you know what? It's not going to stop me. I don't like having everybody in church and not being full up and seeing all the faces and, and all that. You know, but it isn't going to stop me. Bless God, we're going to keep going on. We're going to keep getting people rescued and saved. We're going to keep building buildings and rescuing more orphans. And we're going to keep preaching the gospel all over the world and figuring out more ways to do things. My wife the other day, you know, we're talking about the price of meat going up. And it's just, you know, so, so crazy because the meat's there and everybody's hurting. And I told her, I said, I'll eat every freezer burnt piece of meat I got in my freezer for I'm going to pay 40% more for anything. I said, get it out. I said, beat it with a hammer. We'll put enough salt and pepper on. We'll eat it. I mean, bless God. I am not going to pay them suckers more money. I said, I don't care how bad it tastes. We'll just eat stew because you can make anything taste good to piece of stew meat, right? And I tell you, you just got to get like that sometimes. It's just, not, again, it's not what I want to do. It's not, you know, I want, my, I want hamburger to be back at 99 cents. Yeah, gas you can buy for 99 cents now, but, you know, bless God, you can get hamburger. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wow. I just, you know, just my mind is saying, you probably go to Starbucks and get Starbucks coffee and a croissant. It costs you more than 42 bar- gallons of oil. <laughs> that just ain't right. <laughs> Which would you rather have, sir? Oh, let me have that barrel of oil. Look pretty good. Both are worth $10. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, okay? So we've got to tap in to that river, those streams of God. Right now is the day that, listen, I know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know we're going to win. Hello? Listen to me. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to rise up. I don't know if the, you know, the Antichrist is getting ready to pop up and you know, try to mark everybody and put the mark of the beast on everyone and run around trying to brand everybody with 666. I don't know what's going on, but I just know this. I'm going to win because I'm with God. And you've got to stay in the streams of God. You got to keep flowing in the streams of God and just get out there and just enjoy it and just be rowing along and just enjoying the streams of God. Amen. Quit listening to the doubt and unbelief. Quit listening to all the fear. Quit listening to all the things that everybody says is going on. Hello? I mean, you know, this is just for country folks. Anybody else out there watching that, you know, it's too much for you? Just keep your Bible handy and your gun loaded and everything will be good. <laughs> got to worry about nothing. Amen. Bless God, you got it taken care of. I think that puts me in the class of the deplorables, but bless God, it don't matter. (laughs) Hey, it's truth. (laughs) 
Amen? Amen. So, praise the Lord. I want to pray for you. Pray for all of y'all out there watching and listening. Pray for y'all in here. Now, let me just say this. You know, I know that people are all over, all over the United States, literally all over the world are watching this broadcast today. Yeah, I mean, we're from everywhere coming in and listening. But I just want you to know, man, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. Man, I don't, it doesn't make any difference what you've done in life. Jesus loves you. No matter where you are or what you've done, he loves you. If you're in here this morning, listen to me. Jesus loves you. Everybody say, Jesus loves me. You may be mad at yourself and think you ought to be better, but Jesus loves you. Amen? His, he has loves you. And so I want you to know that. But if, you've, if you're like Jonah and maybe you in the belly of the well and you'd really like to get out, well, the, I told you the greatest way to do it is through repentance. It's just to ask God to forgive you. So I want to pray with you. Everybody out there watching, everybody in here. And I'm just going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to pray it over you. But right now, if you cry out in your heart to Jesus, he's going to come in. He's going to touch you. He's going to bless you because he hears you. He's here. So let me just pray. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray over every person listening and watching, in here, wherever they are. That, Lord, right now, you would take this message and you begin to work it and, and, and just seal it within their hearts. Some of us, Lord, may be the people that got spit out on the bank and, and we're that ambergris, but we hadn't realized it yet. So open up their eyes to see that, Lord, that they're the sweet fragrance of Jesus Christ to the world. Lord, some of us may still be stuck in the belly of the well. And I just pray, Lord God, that they would realize that God has a plan for them. And they're in the hands of God and surrender to that. So that, Lord, they can go ahead and be spit out and become the sweet fragrance in this world. Some, Lord God, are just asleep. I ask you to wake them up. They're just playing the Christian life. Just wake them up, Lord. Others, Lord God, have fled from your presence. They're running, and they don't realize it's going to get rough. Lord, I ask you to open up their eyes that they can see and know you, Jesus, as the true Savior of the world. So, Lord, I pray, and I thank you for it, for blessing them, for blessing everyone here. And, Lord, I thank you for this day that we're going to leave here. We're going to celebrate Mother's Day. We're going to be with our families, and we're going to be a sweet fragrance to all those around us. And, Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord.